Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Look Up Podcast, episode four. I think it's Season five. two, episode five, season two. <laughs> We're on one of the two. We are back in the car, and we hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. We got a special guest again. She's back. She's back, our favorite girl. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you all had a wonderful time with your family. This was one of those Thanksgiving weekends where... I feel exhausted after, <laughs> you know, instead of feeling like really relaxed, I'm like really tired. Right. <laughs> we did a lot, you know, family time and shopping. We did a lot of shopping. Um, and now I'm like breaking out on my face and I'm not, you know, not trying try not to wear makeup so that it could all clear back up since I was wearing a lot of makeup over the past few days. But, um, yeah, I just thought I would let you know that. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> just off the top of my very, head. Very personal. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing great today, honestly. Good. As you can see, if you're watching on YouTube or if you look at our TikTok, I've cut off my facial hair. Did something new. Well, you've done it before, but. I have. Just changing things up. I think it's really good to always change things up. Right. Because sometimes you have to shake things up so you can wake things up. <laughs> Get out. But, uh, <laughs> what are you thankful for? So what I'm thankful for. So over this weekend, I've just learned that, man, your health is your wealth. Your um, time is the most valuable thing on this planet. It's the only thing that doesn't replenish. You don't get it back. So, you know, you should be treating your time, you know, special, man, because you just don't know when you're going to go home to the Lord, right? And when he calls you home or he gives you that warning, like you got to change your life, you got to fix your life or you're going to die, buddy. So in in short, my family uh, has been very sick recently and my grandmother and now my aunt's in the hospital um, with blood clots. And it's just like, dude, it's been a huge wake up call for me of just being like, okay, I need to get my health together now. Not when I'm 40, 50, 60 years old. Let me take care of it at 28. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that they are sick with could have been they're prevented. Avoidable. They're not like, um, you know, like diseases that, you know, they can't. Right. It's not terminal. It's not terminal illnesses. Not terminal you know illnesses I mean? and, and so, not also things that weren't preventable. You know, a lot of right. things that just kind of spring upon you like a virus or whatever. Right. Like it was all things that they could have prevented. Right. But due to just... Um, negligence. Yeah. Yeah, negligence. It's negligence, right? And it reminds me of the parable of the talents, right? Where there's three servants and these three servants are given treasures. There's, they're given talents. And one servant is given the most. One servant's given, you know, the medium amount. One servant's given not very much and the servant that wasn't given much just sits on his on his on his blessing and then just buries it in a backyard and it just rots there and it just mm-hmm. it breaks down and then the other servants they reinvested it and it grew and then when the master came back he said well well done good and faithful servant to the other two but called the the one that just sat on it and didn't do anything with it and and was negligent toward the talent that the master gave him he called him a fool. And I think we, right. we literally are given talents. We are given our health. We're given, you know, the ability to run, to walk, to, 
Right. That's a good point just right there that I think so many of us, we look at talents as like, um, sorry if you can hear some music in the background. Yeah, There's a truck next to us that's like blasting music. And I'm trying to pull up so you and then so he just we don't keeps hear. Getting and he just closer. keeps inching forward. You know when you ever are on a stoplight <laughs> and then you look over and they're they're like they're just they're like trying windows to race down you or something. But windows down. But he's just he's booming, yeah. bro. He's okay. not playing at all. Um. Anywho, but back to what I was gonna yeah. say. I think that's a really good point. I think so many of us will look at talents or treasures as simply as having a lot of money for one or two, having like a a natural born talent, such as like singing or you're very artistic or you're, you know, creative in some sort of way. We can look at that as talents and treasures when in reality, like if you can just kind of what we, I feel like it's been like a theme of this whole season so far of just looking at everything in your life as a gift and being so appreciative of everything. You then start to realize like what you were just saying that even walking is a talent and speaking is a talent. Just, I mean, not even speaking what we may on in this culture could be considered as well, but just being able to like open our mouths and have noise come out of it and form words and sentences and thoughts like that is truly a talent and a treasure to, to keep. And I think everything. And so it's like, we were all given treasures and talents. And it's like, when we just choose to sit on it and waste our lives away and do nothing, you're a fool. Like, yeah. In the, in, you know, he calls him foolish. You are literally a fool to be given a gift and not be grateful for it. Yeah. And, and what's funny is, is because I look at that man, woman, whatever, who put, what he did is he put the treasure away and he left it there so that nothing could happen to it. Right. You think of like, I look at that story and I see him and I'm like, he had good intentions. Cause you know, I mean, imagine your friend says, Hey, can you like you know, watch this $10,000 for me. Let's just not even say that. Like, Hey, like I'm going to give you the 20 bucks. Like, can you hold this on, you know, hold this on to me for a little bit? Like I'm going to go somewhere. I don't know. Just imagine that. And it's like, you're just like, yeah, totally. It's like, you're not going to want to like, you just put it in, in like a back drawer or something. So you don't spend it. So you don't use it. You just like leave it there. Um, because in your heart and mind, you just feel like that's the best way to go about things so that he comes back and it's there. Right. So it's like, I even look at that story as like, wow, like he had good intentions for what it seemed, but yet his master came back and called him a fool. Right. And I think it just goes to show like, we we can have good intentions in our lives of like so much so that we're just think of the idea of risk. You know what I mean? Like risk, just that word itself is very scary and it's very, you know, you want to stay safe, right? Um, because if you risk something, you never have to put your faith in anything. It's just like, if, you, if I'm true. safe, I'm like, I'm safe. I don't have to, I don't have to put my faith in nothing. <laughs> like true. I know everything's fine. If I don't jump off whatever this tower, I think, I think with like safety for some people, they believe safety it correlates with like what you said, knowing with not knowing with exactly. knowledge. Right. And I like, think that's how that servant you know. must have felt. Right. Like, I, I know, know for sure. Right. I put this money uh-huh. in the ground. It's uh-huh. not going anywhere. It will uh-huh. come to, you will come back to the same amount of money. Right. You know what I mean? Or right. the same amount of treasure, whatever. And fear is correlated with the unknown. And exactly. Right. Exactly. But there could be, there's a flip side to that. You can have faith correlate with the unknown. Mm-hmm. 
and choose to go in, you know, go head first into the unknown. Right. Like the other two servants where he took a risk and he put his treasures and talents into something that therefore then doubled it. That could have also went the other way. We don't talk about that part of right. the story where it's like he could have put in his treasures and talents and lost all of it. And then the master came back to nothing. You right. know what I mean? Imagine he gave you the most amount of his talents and treasures right. and then you gambled it away. And now you have to come back to your master and be like, I gambled it away. But he decided to take the risk. Right. And right. like knowing, right, that it would pay off. Right. It's and true. it's that that knowing and that term knowing it's not it's a it's it's again it's a, it's like a faith word there like knowing that there's no it faith will in knowing end up working out there's no faith in knowing if you knew everything you wouldn't you won't need faith right but what i'm referring to is what he was doing in that type of knowing you know what i mean where it wasn't he didn't exactly like know exactly how it'll play out but he just right. knew it was going to play out well or else right. he wouldn't have done it. Right. But right? what I'm... Who, what do you mean? The, the servant. Which servant? The two that risked it. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't know. They just had faith. That if they go and they invest it, that it'll come back. Right? Yeah. There's no faith in knowing. That's what I've found out. Or I, I think of it this way, at least. That there's no faith in knowing. And that's why... God didn't want Adam and Eve to bite the apple because then they would have knew like the apple was literally knowledge that they are who they are and that they're humans and that they're naked and that they have shame and they have guilt. There's no faith in that. You don't need God when you know everything. You need him when you don't know everything, when it's scary, when you don't know what the next step is and you don't know what, you know, what's going to happen in the future. And I think those two servants, because obviously there's mystery in the Bible, and obviously we're telling, we're doing, we're talking about a tale, like it's a, it's literally a a tale in the Bible that's not like a fictional tale or a parable. But I think those two other servants, they they did have that faith that hey, like even if something goes wrong, my master's still going to be happy with me or proud of me for at least trying. So. I think that's part of it, 100%. Now, as for the the servant that didn't do anything, I think that's it. You didn't do anything. And, like, to your point, you know, imagine if you had that $20, you put it into the back of a drawer, and then a week later you come back and there's rats nibbling on it, right? And then you thought you weren't going to lose anything, but you end up losing it all. And you are a fool for that. So... I think my whole point was, is that we've all been given gifts. We've all been giving something to, to steward really from God. And it's up to us to be good stewards of it, whether that's your health, whether that's your wealth, whether that's actual physical talents, we have to be good st uh, stewards of that. And when you do, and you just sit on it, it's literally a waste. It's such a waste. So, uh, there's a saying that's like, you want to go where, go somewhere where there's the most ideas, there's the most dreams, there's the most uh, uh, influential people. Go to a cemetery because that's where they, where all those dreams and ideas are. They're in a cemetery right now. And the last thing that I want to do is live my life where 
I never fulfilled anything in my life and I didn't even try to because I was too scared. That's the last thing I want to do with my life. I'm going to, at least at the minimum, I'm going to try. Even if I fail, that's okay. But at least I tried. At least I tried something. And I did something with this life, this gift that I was given. So that's where I was going with that. Thought it was pretty fire. Nice. Yeah, I think it's also if you just look at things as like your body is a vessel that you were given to take care of. And, uh, you know, like the dreams and, and striving for things and goals are great as well. But like, even just looking as like, I think so many times, like, it's just like, well, I'm going and I'm trying to get better. And you're like neglecting so many of like your current state of being, you know what I mean? Like, so I think so many people like, um, can just to be focused on like, well, I'm getting this, I'm getting that. Like, I'm not going to take care of myself. Right. I don't eat well and I don't right. exercise and I don't focus on, you know, my mental health. And I was even reading in the, in my book today about just the power of, um, the people around you and not in the way that we think. It's just that if you just have more social interactions, like it, it's been, there's been so many different tests that have been ran where it's like people are much more happier when they just have relationships. And it's just like, Nadia doesn't even have to be a really significant, just someone that you can talk to, someone you can bounce ideas with, like the more social interactions you have throughout the day. And it's just like, and um, there's been so many tests as well, where it was, he was talking about like people who have, um, we think anyway. So there was this, this, this um, psychology test. It, it was just a question that was asked to a bunch of students. And it said, when you think of Albert Einstein, what does he look like? And so many of them were like, oh, he's like in a lab, wearing a lab coat, you know, doing an experiment or something. Mm-hmm. And then they ask him, do you think he's alone? And they're like, yes, which is actually like he was actually one of the biggest collaborators and Not always true. had so yeah. many people around him. But when who, you think about but it, when it, you think about it, you like just that, picture yeah. a lot him. of these big, great people, great minded individuals mm-hmm. as being alone. You know, you, you picture a lot of these big CEOs as being always alone, but in right. reality, they're always surrounded and they need that team of collaborators around them. I it's mean, these true. companies don't get built because of one person. They get it's built true. because of the collaboration of a lot of people. And I think so often we can look at it where, um, and I'm totally taking this a different route, but it just kind of brought into my mind of like, we like start to think because in, in this hustle culture and this idea of success culture, you start to think that it's all on you to make it and it's all on you to be successful. And maybe you even think, well, it's just me and God, like I don't need anybody else. But in reality, it's, it's, you do, you need these collections of people around you. And we even had a really good sermon where it's like, you don't know where God's voice is going to come from. Mm -hmm. It's like, so often we think we're only going to hear it from like, a cloud or like the wind whispers in our ear, a burning bush (laughs) or or like in our head, we think we're going to just hear them there, but you don't know that like all these relationships that are trying to come into your life are also like God speaking through them to Mm -hmm. you. And so it's so like, that's a, that was just like a big eye opener because I've always been the type where it's like, I like friends, but you know, sometimes I like being alone. And it's, it's a lot of times you, you need these social interactions and you need these different type of people around you. That's true. To to help you. And truly, because the book I'm reading about is about happiness and like a lot of what goes into that. So, and then, what, and then that chapter was just talking about like the power of 
social interactions and that you need someone to lean on, to hold on to when you're going through things or even when you're not going through things, just that little, like I was saying, those tests that have been done, that that have been done in workplaces that have been done, you know, different. Well, um, think about it. Like psychology uh, tests too. Adam was, Eve was literally made because Adam was lonely. Like, yeah, if you look even down, I mean, it's, it's biblical uh-huh. <laughs> even down to it. Cause it's like, if, if we didn't need relationships and God would have created Adam and it would just be, it just that Adam here it. on earth. Yep. But because at, God saw that Adam was lonely, like in terms of that, Adam didn't need just God himself because it, you know, if you think about it in that uh, way, he wouldn't have saw Adam as lonely. Cause he's like, well, I'm here, you know, Adam, right. you got me. I'm God. God knew that like even his own presence almost wasn't enough to help us feel fulfilled in relationship wise. And so it's like, I never thought about it that way to help. That's a, that's a big statement. Actually, that's a big statement. (laughs) Yeah. I never even thought of it now. That's a big statement. (laughs) That's a big statement. Cause that kind of counteracts everything. Cause it's that so true. That, isn't it true? Like in what people say, like, Oh, I don't need nobody but me and God. Right. Like it's just me and God against the world or me against the world. Or right. like God got me. So All I, I need, need is God. The only opinion that matters is just right. God. And while that part is partially true, it's like mm. you still need people around you. Yes. And I think that's why like one of the worst type of punishments that you can get is seclusion. Is, yeah. is seclusion. Like what they what happens to people yeah. when they get put in solitary confinement in they go prison, crazy. they literally mentally, their brains are not able to wire um, and function properly as yeah. if, you know what I mean? It's like they, they start crazy. speaking weird and they start, uh-huh. hear, you know what I mean? And what is the one thing also that Satan wants to do when he wants to get to you is he wants to isolate wants you, to keep you as much as possible yep. because that's when you are the weakest. And like kind of yep. what we talked about before with like that mighty duck story, but right. it is so true. Just how powerful like social interactions are. Well, think about it this way. There's a relationship in everything in the world, right? Everything. The plants are in relationship with the soil. The soil is in relationship with the bugs and the things that have passed in this life and went back into the soil. You know, the plants are in relationship with the sun. The sun is in relationship with the mode. No one thing the can function is in relationship on its own. with the ocean. They can't focus on their own. If one thing is taken away, the whole thing Everything. just comes crumbling down. Even mm-hmm. if a bee is taken away. And you just look at your relationship to your body. You're like on your just a molecular level, everything needs the other thing for it to function yeah. well. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you are missing, obviously a lung, you know what I mean? It takes that's so much why, compensation. That's why they call us the body of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. We're the body of Christ because we're a body. We work together. We do. We all work together. Wow. Why he calls us as people. Yeah. We all work together. And I think that's so often, like, I think it's like, if you're, you know, looking to grow and looking to get bigger and get better, it isn't about you. Right. It's about the relationships and and all of that that you have around you. So that was like something that I really, that I, that's really good that I read this morning and I thought it was really good. And that's another thing too. It's just like, when I was talking about your body as a vessel, like exercise all parts of your body, not just physically, like lifting yeah. weights and, you know, getting your heart rate up, which is all really great to do every day or at least five times, times a week. Right. But to also exercise your brain, like don't let your brain mush and, and come to, to 
be so easily influenced. Cause I mean, there's so many Bible verses I can quote on it, but there was even this thing I was watching on YouTube the other day and it was talking about like the conspiracy and, um, the whole theories of what hypnosis is. And it was really, really good where, you know, basically just came down to that. Everything is suggestion. You know, it's because the power of suggestion is so real. Hypnosis is then real. I won't go too into details cause it's a lot, but basically it's like, if you don't if you're not exercising your brain and you're not working it, like everything, whatever goes into it just automatically becomes an influence to you and everything already is. But that's why it's like, if you're not actively thinking about your, what goes in and, and exercising your brain, you're going to allow this world to, to transform you rather than you renewing your mind. Right. Like in the book of Romans, that verse, don't be transformed, you know, by this world, but something be renewed by the power of your mind. I don't know for word for word, but that's just a big thing too, that I thought of. It's like exercising and taking care of all parts of yourself. There's so many times where it's like, I mean, we've, I'm sure that maybe I know I have anyways, have met people where you can just tell it's like, they're not thinking they're just there, you know, they're just, they're not really in the moment. They're, they're kind of eyes are glossed over and they're just like, they're physically there, but they're not mentally there with you or their conversations are always the same thing every single time where it's like you talk to them and it's the same conversation you had last time and it's nothing's new and it's the same type of things that we talk about. And I've had those, I've met a lot of people like that. And it's like, versus the ones where you could just tell they're just, they're exercising their mind. And like, you can get a lot of that through through a lot of different things. Like I've mentioned before, meditation, prayer, speaking with different people and reading a lot of different types of books and not being so stuck on just social media. Right. 100% agree with that. I think, uh, kind of wrap up, but I think it's, uh, to bring that all back full circle is that we were in church this past weekend and we, a pastor came in that used to be a pastor at our, at our church, Pastor Sean Williams. And he said something that I'd never really noticed about our church that I really liked a whole lot. And I think will help people who are struggling with, you know, being of the world, I guess. I think some people don't even know what that even means. Right because they've never been exposed to that type of knowledge. They just think their life is normal, right? But he said that the reason why I love Central is because we never hit people over the head with our beliefs and how people should be. There's no bashing sessions here. There's no shame. There's no shame. There's no kicking people in the ass or anything like that. It's just God and encouragement. And we know people react better to kindness and to like encouragement and to love. But for some reason, by default, we just love to criticize and condemn and shame people. And I don't know why we're wired that way. But if there's one way, if there's one way that we can help people do that, renew their spirit, become better is 
to just be encouraging and loving towards them and invite them to be around a different environment so they can then start changing. So I think the number one thing that we can help people when they're going through all of that stuff that you mentioned is inviting them to church, inviting them to get around, um, you know, people of, 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 of God, you know, people with better characters and people that do think like that. Otherwise we'll just sit here and we'll just sit on our fence and we'll just talk about how the world is burning down when we've done nothing. So I think that's our responsibility. You just made me have that realization just now, but I think that was fire. That's true. Awesome. Well, we are almost at the park that we're about to walk at. I want to keep this in that 20 to 25 minute range. So it's less for me to edit selfishly. (laughs) So um, what is the Bible quote that we end every podcast on? I lift my eyes up to the mountain. Where does my help come from? I thought we were doing really great on doing my help. My help comes from the Lord, (laughs) the creator of the heavens and the earth. Thanks for listening. Love you guys. guys. Look Look up pod everywhere. Everywhere. Peace.